Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. What do athletic directors think about NIL? And what do we think about Michael Jordan? It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, across the state on your televisions, on SWX Television, and, of course, on the World Wide Web, wherever you are, tablets, devices, etc. 1029ESPN.com. You listen live on the stream. You listen all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank. Your opportunity. If you want to call, you can do that as well. 361-3688. The phone number 361-3688. The phone number all guests. Join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. We heard quite a bit from Leon Costello yesterday. We have a couple of more things, though, that we didn't get to because, again, there's so many uh, uh, moving parts and things that are are at stake and questions that people have want answers to find out. Uh, you know, in in terms of things that are going on in the sports world, especially the collegiate sports world right now. So, uh, Leon uh, Costello having a, a Zoom press conference yesterday, the athletic director for Montana State. So we have a couple of more things to hear from him about, including NIL, name, image, and likeness, and the ability of players to uh, uh, make money off of that, off of those things for themselves while they are in college. So we will. Uh, get into that a little bit we will also talk about this Are, is it possible to have too many montana kids on your team and Coulter will give uh some for, for, for hoops yeah for hoops right exactly and, but, but there's some some news uh going on here that's uh, sort of uh, perpetuating that question so we'll get into that top of the hour we'll talk a little bit of nfl stuff 
The MVP odds came out uh, a couple of days ago, and we hadn't had a chance to really get into that, but we are going to today. Dak Prescott, more likely to win the soup, the, the, the MVP than Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I... Mm, I'll take that. I mean, I'll I'll put I'll place my dollars down on twelve. Thank you very much. I'm not a Dak Prescott, but we'll take a look at those. Uh, by the way, no surprise, Pat Mahomes, the favorite in the clubhouse at uh, four to one to win the NFL MVP this forth- forthcoming season. So we'll get into some of that stuff a little bit. And Golden and I were talking quite a bit about Michael Jordan and the way that he is being perceived in the Last Dance and whether people. I mean, he was worried that he would look bad in this. I don't think he looks bad in this at all. In fact, I think he looks great in in this documentary series. Obviously, the last two episodes are uh, coming out this Sunday, uh, 7 and 8 p.m. local uh, here in the state of Montana on ESPN television, episodes 8 and 9. So uh, we'll get into that. And also, do you have any idea out there in the world, friends, how old a mod Rashad is, okay? Because this will blow your mind. So there you go. There's our show. That's what we got going on today. Coulter, how you doing over there, Pretty bud? Good. Pretty oh, darn good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I feel nice. I'm like, you know, happy to be, well, here. Legs, arms, everything's intact. Oh, yeah, everything's everything's great, man. Yeah, good. feel good. feel very, uh, you know, loose, limber, however you want to talk about it. It's all, it's all good for me. Uh, Coulter, we had a chance to talk with Leon Costello yesterday, us and a bunch of other members of the media, uh, to go through and, and discuss all the different things. And as we said yesterday, we could we could do a segment on almost every answer that he gave to a question because they're such different subjects. And we covered quite a number of those yesterday. But we wanted to go ahead and give you a little bit more uh, for, for today in terms of what he talked about and what are some of the things that, that went on. And one of the things he talked about uh, yesterday was the question of NIL, right? Name, image, and likeness. And even though the NCAA has allowed it, does that necessarily mean that all member institutions need to allow this now? Or can, it, can there be restrictions and oversight and that sort of thing? So that was the question in general uh, about that. And what will Montana State's response to that be? Here's what he said. On the name, image, and likeness stuff, where kids you know, may be able to, to financially benefit off of the NIL, First of all, what level that, – that's now an NCAA rule, but schools presumably will have some regulation of their own that they can institute if they so choose. What would that look like at Montana State? And, and will there be or can there be some sort of oversight institutionally for kids so that maybe they're not taking advantage of the protecting of the student-athlete in some respect in that regard? Yeah, there have been a lot of conversations uh, based on NIL and what that means. And there – there will have to definitely be some oversight because of what is being proposed right now with not being able to use the university marks and not being able to use um, anything tied to the, to the university. We're going to need to make sure that we can uh, comply, you know, with that, that we help the student athletes through that. Um, there are definitely going to have to be some uh, monitoring practices put into place to make sure one that yes, we can support the student athlete, but also make sure that, um, what they're going to do doesn't hinder any of their eligibility. And it's no different than what we're doing right now with making sure um, that our kids are in compliance with the rules that are in place and making sure that we comply with that so that, that we don't affect their eligibility. And, and the same type of monitoring is going to have to be in place. Um, it'll be interesting to see exactly where it lands um, because there are, there are a lot of different things still being talked about. Um, but it will be uh, something that need to be involved with. Um, 
just to ensure that we will protect the student athletes and their eligibility. For me, that's the most important part of this this piece. So there you go. There is uh, Leon Costello talking about that. And th- this is the thing that I took out of that that I thought was interesting. Okay, yeah, there will be oversight, but here's the emphasis for him eligibility for the players you sit here and you go okay well now you can benefit off name image and likeness okay you know you can go ahead and get signed by a car dealership or you know a a memorabilia shop or whatever it might be and do that but there seems like there's a lot more ways now to get this wrong right because this opens things up like he talked about well you can't use the university marks right you can't use uh, the emblem of or the name of the school that you attend as part of what's going on. Right. And if and you were to do that, I mean, it, you could be ineligible, right? I mean, sure. that would be something that would, and, and I'm sure there's a myriad of those things, and that is the utmost concern here. There actually is some parallels between like stuff that a place like this goes through or, or anybody. I mean, you have to be a, you have to sign a contract with Grizzly or Bobcat sports properties to be able to use the official logos of a school. And, that, and right. that's that's right. I mean, that's how it should be. It's copyrighted stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, I remember when I first started making the Bobcat Football Review and Preview Magazine, I was working for a guy uh, in Bozeman who, who had this, and uh, he's a guy, he's he's from abroad. He's from Chile, and he's a, a photographer, really talented photographer. But he, we had this whole magazine ready to roll, and a, a whole bunch of the ads had Bobcat stuff on it and stuff, and I was like, man, we got to run this by MSU because I think I don't know if we can. And it ended up, oh no, we need to sign like we need to go in with Bobcat Sports Powers. We need to sign a contract, pay a big licensing fee, and so. But that's a question that I have though: is you can't use the likeness of the school unless, like, what if what if you are you're an uh, independent marketing unit as a player, right? Could you essentially sign a contract with Grizz Sports Properties? And use Grizz logos then? See, that's a great question. Or if you're doing an ad for someone that is a Grizzly sports property corporate sponsor, you know, like a a car dealership or something that already is in it, then since they have the licensing rights to use the stuff, can you? I don't know. Those are questions I really want to answer. See, that's the thing that makes – I my guess would be that no, because some – firm some company has paid the rights to use it for them that now the people that they you know a player of the team can use it thereby but what would stop a grizzly sports properties a bobcat sports properties from signing the kids directly themselves thereby allowing the schools you know uh, uh colors names likenesses images etc to be used on that kid in an advertising you know or or uh, some some other way along those lines. I don't know, and and is that directly forbidden? Like, totally. Th- they're saying that it's not allowed because they don't want the NCAA is saying that that is not allowed, but it's not allowed because they haven't been cleared to do it. But they presumably could be cleared to do it. Would that still be against the rules of the NCAA? And if it is, then 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 I guess it is because the NCAA can make whatever rule they want. I'm also clearly. so interested in the the like the media elements of this because schools do a pretty good job of toeing the line without fully exploiting the kid, even though they are exploiting the images of the kids to make money. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, they're not putting Dalton Steed on a commercial saying buy season tickets or, you know, buy this truck because these guys love the Grizz, mm-hmm. but they do put Dalton Steed and Dante Olson on the cover of the program and then sell 20,000 of them at the games. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby Howcast's coaches show used to be like a coach and a player. Coach Howe doesn't really make his guys do that after hours. But 
you know, like in Bozeman, they have cat chat where the coach and then one and sometimes even two players come up and do it. And although you're not, you're not paying the kid to be there, the kid is not directly making money for you to be there. He is making money for you by being there because the bar that hosts the radio show then is sure, the making money and they're, here. they're yeah. coming to see the kids. So I wonder how much of that's going to get muddled too. The thing that's interesting is that the schools have found legal ways to use the likenesses of these kids and the personalities of these kids to make money. So will it hurt the universities as well? I mean, are you autonomous as an athlete? I, I doubt any of these kids are going to say no to their head coach when he says, hey, get your butt down to the bar to right. do this cat chat. Like, right. you're saying yes. Right. But – you could say no. You could say, well, why don't I go do my own catch at the other bar and maybe the other <laughs> bar will give me 500 bucks. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know how any of that media stuff is going to work. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is the, the coaches who do those you know radio shows and so on, they are being paid for that. I mean, there's there's major, major dollar. It's not, it's not specifically like, hey, here's $500 for coming here on this particular day, but they have thousands and thousands of dollars in – you know, for doing media, essentially, which is a required part of the job, but also it is a remunerated part of the job. Whereas, uh, again, obviously for the players, it isn't. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, there is something to be said for doing that as a player that, you know, is it's an experience thing and it's an exposure thing for you, which is a good thing in general, up to, I guess up to a point that it doesn't have to come down to, oh, well, I am owed X amount of dollars for having, you know, having been here. I mean, how many guests have we had on this show? Hundreds, maybe thousands. Yeah. Nobody's ever been paid to be on this show. They right. they they come here out of the goodness of their hearts, hopefully because they enjoy the experience of it, maybe because they have something to say. They get something out of it for being here and right. gaining the exposure of being there. But it hopefully is a win-win, right? Like, you know, the show is improved by the guest that we have, and then the guest gets, you know, maybe to have their say about a particular matter or whatever it might be, and they, and they get, you know, an, a, a level of exposure that they would not otherwise have have received. Rebecca and, and Black, so that were, oh, prime example. Did, that's right. We did not pay Rebecca Black to be on the show, did we, Tom? We did not. No, we she, did not, in fact. She came on here. We had a wonderful conversation with Miss Black. And now she has positive <laughs> uh, reviews on her YouTube channel. So look <laughs> right. what you've done. It's all too tall to honest. What, the, it's what, us. The... Uh, the most thumbs downed video in the history of YouTube is that is that accurate? That is true. Okay. Well, I didn't thumbs down it, and she was very sweet on this show, and she did it for no dollars. I sure. still want Macklemore. I don't. You're not going to get him as long as I'm here. <laughs> you don't even know who he is, Coulter. Uh, in any case, so I, you know, I'm, I'm not going. I wouldn't sit here and split hairs when you're doing, especially when you're talking about it's a university function. You're not sitting here selling quote unquote cars or shirts or whatever. You're here, here talking about football as a quarterback or as a linebacker or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I, I don't think we need to get too far into the weeds on that. But yeah. it might. Somebody might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times I think we we think of these guys as uh, these football guys, especially football guys, just as the the dutiful soldier who just falls in line and does whatever. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of so many dudes that I went to college with here at Montana that if you told them they could make money off their own image, 
I can't even tell you how much time they would have spent doing that. Painting pictures of themselves, making t-shirts, like <laughs> hustling everybody. Like, yeah. come hang out with me at the Mo Club tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it costs five bucks. Like, I, I really, I just, I'm so interested to see how this all goes. You know, I really, I think about the, the, uh, the Ohio State stuff is the one that really resonates here, yeah. right? When these guys were straight pay, they were trading autographs for money and tattoos. Yeah. Now that's legal. That's right. I, I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I, that. If I'm a tattoo parlor, I'm getting in the ear of every locker room, any, any tattoo parlor in a college town. I'm, I'm making sure I got a relationship because Hulu has live sports. I mean, so many of these dudes are going to be rolling in there, and be like, "Yo, we'll, we'll whatever you want, you know, like we'll right. we'll give you whatever. We'll shout out your your tattoo parlor on Twitter, on Instagram. Give me free ink. Yeah. Oh man, it's I just we've been arguing over the detriments to the actual sanctity of college athletics. But just on the complete just on the complete personal level though, I think this is really interesting and also really funny. I'm not going to sit up here and be like that guy that's like if you can make a couple bucks when you're 20 years old, go ahead and do it cuz you probably don't have any bucks. So the, go ahead and do it. The thing I'm looking forward to is when we get to do the segment in like, you know, 6 months or a year from now that's like the five most creative NIL money makers right. for the kids out there who's like you know, guy number 87 on, you know, some directional schools football team that found a way to to hawk water slides or something like that. It's going to be great. Uh, it's too t- Don't underestimate the creativity of the kids, man. It's you telling the one is 1029 ESPN radio. Uh, another question that was asked, I thought it was good. In fact, Sean Rainey, uh, our, our, our friend, our dear friend at SWX Television asked, uh, Leon Costello about what would happen in the event of a positive test for a player mm-hmm. if we kind of, you know, when we get back to playing sports and, and now you have this thing that happens, w- what thought has gone into it, what considerations have been made, and what would be done? And I thought, uh, again, the, the answer to this question, a couple of things I had that had not occurred to me. So here you go. Yeah, yeah. As much as we, as much as we can, as much planning as we can, as we can have. You know, really, where I think uh, we have focused is. You know, we were the, the first step in this is going to be getting uh, student athletes back for voluntary workouts. And so, what we have done is we're looking at strategically what does that mean for those workout groups? Because to start off, it would be no more than ten. You know, you'd have to practice social distancing, uh, wear facial covering, things like that. But as you look at, say, a football team, uh, do we really want to group all of our running backs together in the same group? Because if one running back would happen to show signs or symptoms, does that take all the running backs offline? And you don't want to lose an entire position group uh, because of how you group them together and, you know, for workout groups. So we're working with our strength staff, with our coaches, with athletic training and our doctors to say, okay, strategically, how do we group our workout groups together or anybody that's going to be in close proximity? So if something does happen, uh, we're not taking an entire position group or an entire you know offense offline um, because of because of what's going on. And so yeah, I mean we're taking a look at um, how we set it all up, and uh, if something would happen, this is how you know how we need to take care of it. So all those things are are on the table, and all those things are being discussed, and and basically we're putting the plans together right now. Again, what an interesting 
consideration. And maybe when you're doing it, it it's obvious. I don't know if other teams have thought about this stuff, but I certainly hadn't thought about it where you say, well, well of course, you know, the running backs, they all get the, the running back room, the quarterback room, whatever. So now if one guy gets it, now an entire position of your team right. is, you know, potentially right. got two weeks before they can do anything. And totally. now what do you do? And so this is so impactful to, to stagger that is is really f- smart it seems to me and also uh, forward thinking forward looking. And this is so impactful for the two Montana schools too when you think about it from that lens because both programs both coaches really highly prioritize individual fundamentals. So there's a ton of individual mm-hmm. stuff that's done at practice. There's a system to that though. I mean, part of the reason that both Montana and Montana State were so good last year is their physical conditioning. One of the things that Jeff Choate has changed at Montana State so much from the last couple of years of Rob Ash, everybody's lifting weights as much as you can lift in, in college. Everybody's maximizing their weight room time. So finding an edge there, having a good strength coach, having a good weight room culture, you can get a little bit of an edge, but it's not really, you can't really distance yourself from the competition. Choate has p- done the, the physical conditioning part of it, though. I mean, the cardiovascular conditioning portion of it maximized it. Not only do they run so much, Rob Ash used to always say, bless his heart, but he used to always say when they started running up-tempo offenses, he used to say, well, we practice so fast we don't need to do wind sprints afterwards. And we used to always say the whole point is not to do the wind sprints to get into shape. These are 22-year-old supreme athletes. It's toughness. You have to do the wind sprints because it sucks. <laughs> like Troy, Troy Anderson is wasting everybody because he's tougher than them. Yeah. He's faster than them too. But yes, like, he but he is – I mean, watching – that's one of the most uh, – total – tangent here but one of the most fun parts of watching montana state practice is watching fall camp when they do gassers and watching troy anderson just eviscerate the entire team <laughs> lapping people seriously they're running 60 yard gassers and he is 30 yards ahead of people it's amazing and they get to take like they're running waves and they get to take uh a wave off like one group goes this group rests then you switch you switch he just runs them all and beats everybody the whole time it's not possible the the specimen that that kid is anyways as usual, I found my perfect counterbalance. <laughs> I run none of them and lose them all. But yeah. we, if you watch the Grizz and the Cats practice, though, it's it's high tempo, especially when they're doing individuals. They're going to different pods. The groups are moving all over the place. But you know, the running backs are going through special teams drills and then going through running back drills, and they're doing fumble stuff, and everybody's hitting them with pads and all the, all these different things. But if you can't do it as a group and you can't do it with your position coach, then how does that work? I don't know. I, I, I think that it's a great point that Leon Costello makes, but I also think that it might be way too much of a headache to break away from the systematic nature of the way these teams already practice. Well, and when you talk about the position groups on the field and some of the skill stuff, right, I mean, it, it it's going to be tough to put, you know, an offensive lineman, a running back, and a wide receiver together and let them, you know, run through a set of drills that's going to be beneficial to them. But in the weight room, it seems like, yeah. Oh, okay. And even in maybe even in some of the meeting stuff, like yeah. you could do same side of the ball, but different right. you know spots, well, whatever it might be. When I interviewed Choate, not for the ESPN roundtable yesterday, right. but when I interviewed him just one on one, that was one thing. That was a piece of sound that we didn't use, but I thought it was interesting. He said that we were talking about guys that are emerging as leaders, and he said that Lewis Kidd, offensive guard, who's going to be a senior, has really stepped up, and he keeps calling Choate. You know, coach, how can I? How can I get the guys to work out? And Choate's like, you know, we can't have big group workouts. But kids said, well, what about the four dudes that I live with? Like me and three other offensive linemen live together. We've been quarantined together. We've been exposed to each other. Like can we go do individual workouts? And Choate's like, 
just do your thing, man, you know? But I, I think that there actually is some stuff that's been going on that's perfectly fine, mm-hmm. you know, under the parameters that we've been given uh, that ha- could have these guys accelerate a little bit. But it would be interesting, you know, I mean, uh, Costello mentioned running backs, but imagine if your quarterback room got sick. Sure. If you, you only have four or five quarterbacks, they all got sick. Like, what if you're the Grizz and you got four quarterbacks on your roster and then Tim Rosebaugh, they all got sick? What are you going to do on Saturday? Well, you got nothing. It would be a major problem for Montana. It would be no problem at all for Montana. Well, they got, yeah, Montana State's got Just 27 quarterbacks, so a, it's all good. Bring a tight end over here. Bring a, bring a <laughs> linebacker. Bring whoever you got. Yeah, let's go. Let's roll. Stuxell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, Colter, you had an interesting thought. Not that it's rare. It happens a lot. Thanks. Okay? But uh, this one I thought was good. Is it possible to have too many Montanans on your team at the collegiate level, particularly in basketball? We'll discuss that on the other side. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with all of you out there in the world. Appreciate you letting us be on board with you. It is time for our Prep Extra segment. The Prep Extra segment is brought to us by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Learn more online. Visit FarmersEbank.com can start a loan or mortgage application process online. How about that? Uh, Coulter, the premise of this prep extra segment, not even the premise, the start of this is the last portion of the news read that we had, and that is that Carter Ash, who is uh, was an outstanding football player for the state champion Bozeman Hawks, a defensive back, not a lot of DBs, by the way, that are pretty high-level guys when you're talking about Division One football that come out of the state of Montana. Especially corners. I mean, there's, right. there's been a fair amount. Of, actually, a safeties. lot of really good yeah, safeties. Yeah. Um, but he uh, was very productive in that, you know, uh, in that role for Bozeman. What that, you know, how that would or might translate uh, to, uh, you know, to Big Sky Conference level uh, of football, I don't know, but certainly a, a consideration. But he is not going to play football at all in uh in college he is going to montana state obviously staying at home being in bozeman to play basketball for danny sprinkle carter ash uh a brilliant kid had uh, i think a 4.0 and had really good a bunch of scholarships to a bunch of different schools on the academic level uh montana state included so he's walking on he's not going on a basketball scholarship uh to uh to msu uh, but he's going to walk on to the basketball team and play there and this is now 
a number of guys, uh, particularly for Coach Sprinkle over there in Bozeman, who are from the state of Montana, who are there either on an academic scholarship or in a walk-on walk capacity, but that are from the state of Montana and now, you know, a part of what is not obviously a big roster, 13, 14 guys, depending, you know, you can have a, a, a couple of non-scholarship, you know, roster spots. And your question to me was, is it possible to have too many Montana kids on your team? Explain to people kind of your thinking behind that that thought. Well, I think it's two-sided, right? So next year, Montana State will have, for sure, Caleb Belich, who's from Manhattan Christian, a Miles City grad, Miles Co- Community College transfer. Who is yeah. a straight basketball player. That's, uh, be- that's, Bell, yeah, that's Bell, what Bell, he, that's, is a scholarship guy. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean Belich yep. was, was one of, if not the best players in the state of Montana two years right. ago. Um, Gavin Gunlich, who's from... Miles City, and then Jesse Owens, former Grizz receiver, who's now playing basketball in Bozeman, mm-hmm. and then Carter Ash. I think having a walk on Montana guys puts butts in the seats, certainly. And I think that on one hand, there's a perception that if you have too many Montana guys, you're not going to, you can't compete in the D1 level. But then on the other side, I've always argued that I think that there's more D1 guys in Montana if they were able to be given a chance to develop within a program like Montana or Montana State because they're going to stick around. As Cho- as Jeff Choate said on the ESPN Roundtable yesterday, he said the number, one, the number one factor in having success in college football is perseverance, making it to the end. If you make it to your fifth year, it's almost guaranteed you're going to be at the very least a pretty solid guy. Most of the time you're going to be a starter, and a lot of the time you're going to be an all-conference guy because there's just not that many guys that make it all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. If that same dynamic existed in basketball, I think there's a lot of guys that maybe could develop into that down the road. And you look at a lot of the great players that came out of Montana that took the Frontier Conference route that I thought if they would have just played for the Grizz or the Cats, they could have definitely been great players. Kids like Chase Sukut from Billings West or Andy Garland from Missoula Sentinel. Andy Garland just went and just destroyed the Frontier Conference. I mean, he was three-time Frontier Player of the Year at Carroll College. He could have for sure played for Wayne Tinkle, but he was just a six-foot-five power forward. No one wanted to give a shot, but... Anyways, I think it's interesting because I think that if you give more Montana kids a chance, they'll stay. They'll stick around. That can help mitigate this this plague of transferring. But on the other hand, I don't know if you want to waste too many of your roster spots because like you look at these Montana guys on Danny Sprinkle's roster, uh, full disclosure, I've never seen Carter Ash play basketball. He's a six-foot guard. Uh, he was like an all-conference player as a junior when Bozeman won the state title, but not an all-state player. And he didn't get to really finish his senior year of basketball, but he was an outstanding football player. I watched him twice live play football, and I thought he was good enough to play in the big sky. He never got an offer from either Montana or Montana State. I know Montana State really, they really thought hard about offering him. He's really, really, really thin. I think that's the one thing that maybe uh, turned off the football coaches from giving him any sort of offer, but... Who knows? But the fact of the matter is he's a great student. He's probably going to get some, if not all, of his school paid for because of academic aid. And so it's a no-risk deal, right? I mean, you boost your team GPA, you got a kid who wants to be there. If it doesn't work out with Sprinkle, maybe he goes and tries to walk on with Choate. Who knows? But uh, I think it's just a double-edged sword. I mean, what do you think? You, you, you can't. I think you can win with Montana kids. Montana just won with Montana kids this last year. They had three guys in their seven-man rotation. Yeah, I mean, the idea that you have too many Montana – like. I guess the latent perhaps assumption within that is the idea that you're only bringing Montana kids in for the sake of saying that you have right. Montana kids on. You you said this word in passing. I don't think you necessarily meant it, but you said you don't want to waste you know too many roster spots. You don't want to waste any roster sure. spots. And so I, I think 
on on a football team, you can bring you can bring ten guys on that you think probably will never play football, but you don't know and see if any of them develop, and maybe two of them do, and then you have you know two more good players that that you wouldn't have had if you wouldn't have used that in basketball. Every spot is 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 important. Every spot is magnified because of how few there are, and every spot has to be. You just if you are in a situation where okay, well, we just need to get a kid in here. Let's grab this, you know, let's grab this cornerback off of the local high school team. That that's bad news, and I don't believe that that is what Danny Sprinkle or you know the staff has in mind for uh, you know for uh, Carter Ash. Does that mean that he is? a guy they're expecting to, you know, great big things out of? Not necessarily. As you said, I mean, it's not like he's got even a scholarship for the basketball team. But who knows what he could become? But, but what could he become? What's he going to be in practice? And I think your point is very well taken. He's likely going to stay. Yeah. He's going to be in the program working, you know, hard at the craft and 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 likely improving. The, what, what, is, what does Montana and Eastern Washington have that no one else in the Big Sky Conference has in men's basketball? They got teams that play for the name on the front, not the back. And that's not to say they don't have guys transferring, but they got guys that truly take pride in the school that they play for. Mm-hmm. Weber had it for a little while. They lost it somehow. I don't know what happened. But the the tie that binds is the coaches. They they make the guys have pride in it, and they have good home environments. Mm-hmm. Travis DeCure, more than anybody, it's because it's his alma mater and because Missoula is the best basketball environment in the league right now. You have a bunch of guys that grow into loving being Grizz. And make no mistake, I mean, I ran into Jamar Cohen, Bobby Moorhead, walking on the, the bridge the other day, and you know they, they are still here in Missoula, even after graduating. Love Missoula. Love playing here. You know, Love being Grizz. That said, the, one of the things that's been so lost, even at Montana, and especially at Montana State, is guys that have so much pride in being from Montana State. I mean, Harold Fresh from the other side of the world, right? He, he's a true you know, blue and gold in his blood. Forever, right? Lane Ricketts are right down the road, Livingston. But I think that the one thing that Sprinkle grasps, because it is his alma mater, and he once was one of these Montana kids that was playing at the school of his dreams, that dynamic is emphasized in football so much. You're playing for the school you dreamt about playing for your whole life. Tyler Hall never thought about playing for Montana State until until the first game he ever played. Right. And, I mean, he's a great Bobcat, certainly. But and like you know, Mod Rory never in his life thought he was going to be playing in Missoula, Montana. Right. Whereas this Carter Ash is from Bozeman. I'm sure he, I mean, he's not quite old enough to have seen Danny Sprinkle play, but I'm sure he remembers Bobcats. He probably remembers like Jason Erickson or you know guys from 15 years ago. We'll see. But uh, you know, all I'm saying is that dynamic. If you could, if you could harness it, it could be an interesting addition uh, to this rivalry. And it maybe is somewhere where Montana State could get some traction. We'll see. One other thing culture though that I think is worth considering in basketball especially it's to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN radio you talk about guys hey they stick around they get better they improve and then maybe as you know juniors and seniors now all of a sudden you got a guy who's you know uh you know playing quite a number of minutes for you maybe even starting for you or something like that but I don't think that happens that much in basketball because you know who they're going to be going against guys who are sophomores in high school right now if you're doing it quote unquote right if not not even so much right, but if you're doing it at the high level that it needs to be done at to be successful in Division One college basketball, I mean you're out recruiting the the guys on your team a lot of times. And Carter Ash, by the time that he's a junior, could develop into a wonderful basketball player. 
But then all of a sudden, you know, a two or three star recruit walks through the door that they were able to get on a, you know, on a, on a great get out of Texas or whatever it is. And sorry, man, but you're not playing over this guy. And that's just the way, and that's the way it is. And I think that's the thing that happens in football. It's all about development at this level. It's all about the guys, you know, what, what are you going to be two, three, four years down the line from the time that you walk on campus Totally in basketball, man. Wait a minute. You're six seven. You got a forty inch. Okay, come yeah, on in. Right. Come on in. Let's 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 roll. Well, and just like the swag that comes from having played for club teams in Oakland is just profoundly different than having played at you know Bozeman High versus Hellgate High. That's right. And the other thing that you, you can't underestimate the level of competition, and not even competition, but the swag is a great way to say it. There is a certain confidence and killer sort of instinct that comes in certain. Uh, at, at certain levels of basketball that you don't replicate here. You just are, don't. Are you a baller? Yeah. And that's why Raleigh Wooster stood out so much because Raleigh Wooster is a baller. Raleigh, Raleigh Wooster go play basketball anywhere in the United States of America and people would be like, dude, that guy can ball. Yeah. And because you, you can see it in the way he walks, the way he dribbles, the way everything, the way he carries himself. It's so hard to be that guy mm-hmm. coming out of Montana. That's another thing that levels the playing field so much in football. It doesn't matter if you're from Glendive or Sydney. If you can hit, I mean, that's where the Montana kids set themselves apart so often, right? Cole Anderson, you look at this kid, oh, he's a walk-on from Butte High. He's five foot eight. Well, then he cuts you in half, and you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> right. You, you proved yourself. Yeah, yeah. You don't need no, to have no. the, you don't need to have the AAU swag from the Bay Area, you yeah. know. So um, it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess what the, why I wanted to do this because I think there's there's a narrative going around the state right now, like. Ha ha, how many Montana walk-ons is Danny Sprinkle going to get? And on one hand, I do think you have to not just, like you said, take guys just to take them. But on the other hand, in Carter Ash's case, it's a no-risk thing. He's probably on a full ride academically, so who cares? Jesse Owens. I mean, if Jesse Owens doesn't pan out, just trade him to the football team. I'm sure Jeff Choate would take him. But the other thing is, is Jesse Owens is there to play and and the coaching staff i think believes that he's there to play like they oh, didn't certainly. bring him on because it's a nice to have a montana totally. guy on the roster they're like hey this this well, is one of the great athletes in the state of montana and, 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 let's and, let's go see what you got and that's a the difference too though is like i mean jesse owens is the first team all-state player two years in right. a row. i mean jesse exactly. owens was good enough to play college basketball coming out of high school I and mean, that was right. the whole thing that's why he transferred everybody there's all there's always speculation when he transfer especially if you transfer to the rival there's bad blood blah 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 I talked to Jesse Owens throughout his whole recruiting process. He didn't rec- he didn't commit to Montana football until like six days before signing day because he wanted to play basketball the whole time. And the Montana coaching staff finally talked him into playing football. And I think that he just, even though he's a tremendous football player, his heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. Stutel and Nuanas, 129 ESPN Radio. Okay, there you go. That is our prep extra segment. And it's brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, by the way, is now open for business. They have taken appropriate steps to protect your safety and the safety of their employees. So go ahead and uh, cruise into the Farmer State Bank uh, uh, now. Obviously, you can still do everything online, farmersebank.com, and download the Farmer State Bank mobile app. Visit your app or Play Store to download today. Take a quick break. On the other side, Tommy's got a story for us. He says he doesn't have a story for us. He says we're just going to roll it out there and see what happens, but I think that he's bluffing. We'll find out who's right next. 
At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. To tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with all of you today. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant handles. You can also go at 1029 ESPN on Instagram, too, if you're uh, into that stuff. It's my favorite breakfast cereal, certainly, the Instagrams. <laughs> Uh, sometimes we like to give Tommy an opportunity to shine. Whether or not he takes the uh, spotlight and runs with it or not is anybody's guess. The Tommy, uh, happy Thursday, man. How are you doing back there? When did two tell or Tuesdays with two tell start? Uh, what year? It was like 2014. Yes. Yeah, so since 2014, I've been giving you the opportunity to shine. Yeah. You, you're not giving me some kind of platform oh, here. Nice. So let's let's get, let's get that cleared up first. <laughs> first and foremost. Tommy, let me ask you something. We've been quarantined uh, here, you know, and doing that deal, and you know, yeah. it's it's opening up here a little bit in the state of Montana now, which is is great, and uh, I, I hope folks are being responsible and safe and also enjoying it and taking advantage of the fact that, that this is the reality in the place that we live and, and we can do, you know, some more things now. But uh, one of the things that I think is, is it's still, it's still not open, right? Are the, the salons, uh, the, uh, the, the, I believe barbers. some are, some are, yeah. okay. Maybe some are open, but just now open. Right. But a lot of people uh, were, uh, you know, trying to do some home hair kind of stuff and doing that whole deal. But now, if I'm not mistaken, your uh, significant other is, uh, does she cut hair? She has cut my hair. Okay. But she's not a cosmetologist. She's not a cosmetologist. See, she is a neuroscientist. I uh, have a problem because I I was looking at my hair in the mirror just now, and I've, I've wet it down for the camera. This is for all you folks at home just trying to appear my best as I can. Uh, Coulter is... It looks like he's got his I mean, head stuck in in Don King's armpit. <laughs> but the the thing that I got, I'm trying to figure out is is I live with a cosmetologist. Uh-huh. I got I have I have the scissors and the razors and the attachments and the whole thing for days. Now I certainly can't cut my own hair, but I, I mean I I just get my hair cut pretty much any time that I want it. And now I've gotten to this point where it's pretty egregious and I know it still looks great, but that's only because everything on me looks great. And so (laughs) it would look even better if I took the time to like actually give it a, you know, have my wife, you know, help me out here a little bit. And I just don't do it. And I, I, I realize like I have this luxury that other people do not have. 
And I haven't even, you know, taken advantage of it where there's plenty of people who would have paid lots of money to be able to sit down and do what I could do probably every other day if I was like, hey, you what about having a little trim? What do you think? It's a microcosm of his life. Microcosmic you could just, example. You could just take out haircuts, replace it with any other thing. You have all these things that everybody in the world would want, and you have no idea how to maximize them. You're yeah, a genius. Yeah, yeah. You can't spell. How? <laughs> I don't know if that's a one-to-one metaphor exactly with what we're talking I mean, about. You, you, Lewis you, and Clark you use, spell. You use words like analogous in the midst of conversations. <laughs> Primordial and, calligraphy was my favorite phrase out of And can't remember who we're interviewing, even though I told you 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I mean. It's phenomenal. The you, short-term memory ain't great. Uh, <laughs> and, and then some. Yeah. But here's the deal. You prefaced this by saying this was a Tommy segment. Oh, right. And now you have used this as a I need to earn points with my wife segment. No, talking no, no. About she's not even she listening. She, does, she hates the show. So, uh, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> what have you done to need to get the points out there? No, Nothing. no. She's not even here, she's dude. She's up here. at the lake. She, she, oh, really? Yeah. yeah she, oh, yeah. She's no. Out. Oh. But what I, I was just going to ask is your hair looks good. I know it looks good. And so, you know, I thought maybe, you know, I thought maybe you had some something going on. No, man. I'm just naturally perfect and yeah. awesome at everything, okay. including being stylish. So what was your top? What was the thing you wanted to talk about if it wasn't quarantine haircuts? That was then. This is now, you know. But no. I've, I have a little bit of a uh, uh, research study that I have been conducting on my neighbor's. That is yielding awfully fascinating results. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> Dude, now are your neighbors aware? Is I don't legal? care. Could they, they don't care. I don't care. Oh, you don't care. Aware. Do you think that they know? Oh no, no chance. There's no okay, possible way. So this way. is this is voyeurism. It, it is. It is more okay. likely that you will recall your next week's worth of interviews <laughs> and no be chance. on time before no the neighbors have any clue what's going on. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. I live on East Broadway. There's a guy, and he's there every single day. Out, He's in a wheelchair, and he's got the sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of close-ish proximity to our place, okay. but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little ways away. And, you know, at least for me as a kid, you, you kind of grow up, and you see someone saying, hey, I'm broke down, or, uh, you know, I'm down on my luck. I need yeah. some help, whatever it is. You wonder, where do you go? After I've never seen someone arriving at the corner from which they're asking for help. I've never seen them leave. Mm. So it's a kind of a weird, like, do they just appear and go away? You know, well, they got, they got the gas they needed. They filled up their tank and then they drove. That may be the case. Sure. So I've been living uh, at this particular residence since last August. So about a year. Okay. And uh, within the last couple of weeks, I have been noticing some things. He's moving around a lot more, and he's not always at the same place. He's not at the same corner. Okay. I'm seeing him navigate up and down the road. Okay. And then two weeks ago, he was, like, in the middle of the road and, like, kind of stuck, and traffic was backed up, and this great guy got out and and helped get him across the street, pushed his chair up onto the sidewalk, and uh, helped him out, talked to him for a second, Got back in his car. You know, he was, like, running, waving at traffic. Some people were driving around and angry, right, but most right. people kind of saw what was like going on. understand what the deal is here, okay? Right. And it was um, at the end of last weekend when I saw him coming up my street. 
right in front of my house. Now, can I just just pause you here for a yeah. second? When you said this is when you said I'm doing a study on my neighbors, this is who you're speaking about. This is well, it soon to be will be revealed that oh. he is my neighbor. Oh. I, I put a little. I kind of jumped the shark. That's there. okay. No, I'm absolutely. sorry. I did. I hope I haven't blown the. No, you haven't. The, the, I'm just okay. waiting for the t- part where somebody's pet dies. <laughs> That's coming. <laughs> it is. It's okay. it's the worst one. That's the worst thing for me. Okay. So because all I can do is laugh. So, <laughs> so let's let's explain though that. So he comes up in front of your your the place. neighbors. What I now believe to be a person that lives in my neighborhood, who's yeah. always out with the sign, in the wheelchair, sometimes getting help crossing the road. He's walking himself in the wheelchair right past my house. I'm like, hey, it's the guy from up the road, you know? Yeah. He's not pushing the wheelchair. He's doing the steps while he's seated. Doing the steps. Okay. And rolls up to a door directly adjacent to mine, stretches his arms way back. He stands up. Cracks his back, turns around, waves at me. A cat comes out. He scratches the cat's head, folds up that wheelchair, puts it over his arm, walks inside his house. (laughs) And I like to believe that people are good. And, hey, some people are maybe a little more nefarious than others. And this guy is faking this wheelchair thing, getting fake help from well, the, people the help with, ain't fake. with I would think good the help souls, is real. helping them across the road, and it's all just for something to do. So oh. then I get up early in the morning, and he's out there, walks outside, sets the chair out, scratches the cat, maybe hangs out, waves, whatever. And he walked down to the end of the block, open up the chair, set it out, and then <laughs> there he goes. Got his signs. Now, I understand (laughs) where there's going to be a level of skepticism and cynicism now about, you know, uh, folks and so forth. But here, if we if we know one thing for sure, the great lesson of the big Lebowski, you can't assume that that's what's going on. You know, you can't take it as granted that that's the case, because now if you try and push the point, you may really, you know, make a fool of yourself, as it were. Uh, thank you, Tommy, for this is coming from the neighbors. two guys that told me your beard looks so good right now. You should go sit on the corner in a tank top and That's rub right. some dirt on your face and see how much money you can collect. Well, you are. I mean, Haggard comes to mind. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 